Welcome to the SBI show, now with editing. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Kolarsep. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, Garrett. Uh, you know, doing pretty good. We've we've uh, recovered from the weekend and recovered from the debacle that was episode 140. Uh, everyone loved it, though. It's gonna it's gonna become one of those classic episodes that uh, the, the diehard fans can talk about and, and say, "Do you remember that time that the show came out with no edits?" The, the problem was is you and I have a new intern, so everyone's giving me crap. That that's the thing. We have an intern doing the show now, so that was the reason why the show wasn't that good on Friday. <laughs> it was you know it's funny. I, I think it was actually pretty good. Minus, I mean, I think it was good with that. It gave it a natural feel. It was kind of mm-hmm. like listening to a, a, a concert album or something where you just hear all the like kind of funkiness to it, the grittiness. That's what I'm, I'm going to stick with that just so I don't have to feel too bad about that episode. The show, the show is pretty bad. And, and I will admit that I, that I, uh, wasn't my best effort. And if you're on the East coast and you heard that show, you're welcome. If you're on the West coast like me, well then I'm sorry you, you missed out on that opportunity to hear, uh, perhaps the worst edited SBI show of all time. <laughs> and you know what? For those wondering, Yes, I do type that fast. <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know what? We're back. We, we're back and we're ready to power on. It's a big week. U.S. National Team Camp is in full swing. Mm-hmm. And I will be heading out to Northern California. I'm actually leaving uh, leaving tomorrow, leaving on Tuesday, uh, hitting the camp. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty of coverage from that. We've had coverage already uh from uh sbi writer caitlin murray <laughs> it's murray her, her name is caitlin murray ivis <laughs> i'm just kidding that's a that's an episode 140 joke for you uh caitlin murray uh she came through with a, with a couple of good pieces on mixed disc rude and, and also on landon donovan so you, you definitely want to check out that coverage uh and then i'll be hitting i'll be hitting the ground on wednesday or tuesday night and and we'll have uh, plenty of coverage for you on SBI as well as gold.com. And don't worry, everyone. I'll be staying in Phoenix holding it down out here. So uh, don't don't worry about me. <laughs> He's going to be going to the Arizona School of Broadcasting for some classes. No, I'm going to be going to the Arizona School of Sunscreen, and I'm not ready for 100-degree heat. Um, I have tons to talk about oh. on today's show. I did. I already got sunburned today. It was horrible. 100 degrees. Nice. <sighs> I didn't wear a hat for an hour, and I got sunburned. My forehead is like it's gonna <laughs> pe- it's going to peel tomorrow. This is what Instagram is for. Yeah, because I'm going to put a picture of myself on Instagram making fun of myself. You give me a hard enough time on the show to begin with. Tons to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Um, we need to talk about a couple stadium issues, some major league soccer news. But as we let off, uh, we're going to talk MLS Week 11. Lots of goals this past week in Ivis. A lot of major league soccer teams missing their U.S. men's national team stars. One game from this weekend that was extremely exciting, New England taking on Philadelphia Union first time New England won on the road in Philadelphia and think about this this is the second this is the third team to score five or more goals in consecutive games Ivis New England started off the season you know not really good had a lot of kind of you know off the field issues with uh, Jose Gonzalez but all of a sudden just like that New England is the hottest team in major league soccer what have they done over the last month to put themselves in this position well, I think a lot of things have come together for them pretty well, and uh, I think you you want to start off. You got to give Jay Heap some credit because he helped them overcome that slow start and over, overcome some issues that they had early on. Obviously, the whole Jose Gonzalez situation could have turned ugly. Uh, for those who don't remember, basically he was unhappy with his contract, and 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 I think coming into the season he let that kind of weigh on him, and I think he let him he let it affect his play. And you know Jay Heaps really stepped up and. 
uh, basically told him that, you know what, either suck it up and play or, or don't or get out and don't play. And, uh, you know, I think that sent a message to the team and I think it set a good tone for the team. And, and ever since then, uh, you know, they've really been on a roll. Uh, that's one step. And I think a lot of other things have gone well for them. Uh, getting Patrick Mullins uh, healthy and getting him on the field mm-hmm. has worked out really well. Moving Andrew Farrell to center back has been a big step for them. Having Andy Dorman really kind of come into his own as a defensive midfielder, you know, not really his natural position, but uh, one that he's done what played well. And then above all, Lee Wynn is 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 having an MB, MVP caliber season, mm-hmm. and he's fit in well with those pieces around him. And and I'm telling you, they're just playing some really really uh entertaining soccer and really tough tough to stop just because they, their defense is, is really organized and except for the end of that game because they were up 5-1 and they yeah they of, got a little lazy <laughs> they took the foot off the gas yeah. you're up 5-1 you're feeling yourself and then and then before you know it you give a few goals but the defense has been playing well and their offense has just looked unstoppable lately. Mm-hmm. They, well, New England just looks so quick on the break, especially in the midfield. I mean, there are a couple on Lee Wynn's goal. You just watch it. I mean, New England was just, I'm sorry, Philadelphia was just chasing them. I mean, there was nothing Philadelphia could have done on Lee Wynn's goal. Also, another guy, Ivis, that's really stepped over up for them over the last couple of weeks. You mentioned Lee Wynn, but I'm sorry, two guys actually, Diego Fagundes and also Teal Bunbury. He's looked pretty good for them over, over this recent stretch. Right. I mean, but it's interesting seeing him play out wide uh, for them. And, and it's not really the role that people have grown accustomed to seeing him play. But, it, it, you know, Jay Heaps has done a really good job uh, of, of putting the pieces uh, in, in the right places to make the system really work. And, you know, if, if you looked at Atiel Bunbury, you might have assumed, OK, let's play him up top. If you looked at a Patrick Mullins, you might have thought, okay, let's play him wide. But he's he's really kind of shifted things there. He's playing Mullins up top, and Mullins is is really fitting in well there. Uh, he his movement and his ability to occupy defenders is really effective in creating space for the other guys. Till Bunbury is taking advantage of that space, and and in, in, in a way, he's he's almost kind of like the like Kai Kamara was when Kai Kamara was at Sporting KC playing on the right, really trying to go at people and, and really trying to you know move well with the other players. And even Dago Kobayashi, uh, an, another uh, pickup for them. Uh, you know, Once again, they go to the Vancouver uh, Whitecaps cast-off scrap heap and find themselves a gem. Same thing happened with Lee Wynn. For mm-hmm. those who forget, you know, uh, Vancouver had Lee Wynn, and they let him go, and New England picked him up, and, and you know they've done a good job. And you know, I had a chance to talk to Jay Heaps after the match, and he he really you know made a point to talk about guys like Patrick Mullins and uh, and and Teal Bunbury and, and and those guys and it, it's all the pieces really fitting together. Uh, and again, it's early in the season. You're not going to talk MLS Cup just yet. But coming into the year, we you know they had high expectations because we saw what they could do in the playoffs. They really gave Sporting KC all they could handle uh, in that first round series. Uh, and that kind of gave us a glimpse of what they could do. But then Juan Agudelo left, and then you had really had to wonder how would they how would they pick up the slack of losing him? And they've they've picked up the slack by bringing in Patrick Mullins and bringing in Teal Bunbury. Mm-hmm. Those those guys have done well, and uh, it's all clicking for them. Uh, but I will point I will say one thing, and not and oh, Ivis, why you had to be negative? It's it's not negative, but it's putting it in a little perspective. There's look. I'll preface it by saying they're playing the best soccer in the league. They're the hottest team in the league. But the last two games now, they've, they've had two two blowout wins, right? But it should be noted both those wins came against teams who, who, who played midweek games. And when you think about Seattle last week, 
and now Philly this week. Philly on Wednesday played in Sporting Kansas City, uh, gave it their all, fought tooth and nail, earned three points in Kansas City. For them to have to, on tired legs, come back on Saturday and face that just buzzsaw that is the New England attack, I mean, that was asking a lot. It really was. And uh, credit to New England. They're taking advantage. They, they're they're finishing their chances. Because it's one thing to create chances. It's another thing to be mm-hmm. as efficient as, as they've been finishing those chances. And you know what? Are they going to stay are, are they gonna stay playing, uh, finishing at that level? That's going to be pretty tough to do. But for right now, if you're a New England fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself. Well, Patrick Mullins now has three goals in three games. And, and you just talked about it a little bit before. Um, Diego Fagundes' goal, which was the second goal in the game for them. I mean, the movement by Till Bunbury, the off-the-ball movement, running across the uh, across the pitch from right wing to left wing. I mean, look, everything's working out for New England right now. Just also want to point this out to you, Ivis, since you mentioned the schedule. New England does play D.C. United this week. And guess what DC United will be coming off of? A midweek game against the Houston Dynamo on Wednesday. It's interesting. There's some, uh, you know what? Someone, someone, uh, you know, I don't know. For the conspiracy theorists oh, that will point out the connections between Sunil Galati and MLS. And I'm completely kidding. I'm putting, you know what? Sometimes things work out in your favor. And and the question is, do you take advantage of it? And you, yeah. are, are you playing well? enough to take advantage because you, we've had we've seen this before you know we've seen teams that that hit you know e, quote-unquote easy parts of their schedule or I, I can remember fc dallas last year where you know they had consecutive weeks where they played teams that had Concacaf champions league games and then they had games where they were playing teams who, whose best player was either hurt or red carded sometimes things just go your way like you're at the blackjack table and you're hitting blackjack and the dealer's busting and everything and you're on that run but much like a blackjack table, in MLS, there's peaks and valleys. So right now, New England is rolling, but they're going to hit a wall, folks. It's MLS. It's what happens. MLS is going to uh, – uh, the Revs are going to hit a wall. They're going to start to have results not go their way. But the question is, how long can they keep this wave going? And how do they deal with the adversity when it comes? Because it inevitably will come. There are, there are no four or five-month streaks in MLS. It's just not – it's just not – Built for that, just because you know the way rosters are built, it's just not going to happen. So, if you're a New England fan, enjoy it right now because at some point it's going to come to an end. The question is, how high a level can New England get to so that when the playoffs come, they can try to get back to that level? I mean, that Debbie Downer message was brought to you by Ivis Galarset. Moving over to the number one, you know me, I keep it real. Number two, Jay Heaps will say the same thing. I mean, you know, Jay. Heaps and I talked about it after matching it. He knows. Jay Heaps has been around. He was a player for years and years in MLS. He he completely gets it. And as he pointed out to me after the match, it's all about racking up the points mm-hmm. when you're on that hot streak. Much like Blackjack. You know what? If the cards are coming, you want to bet a little more. Once that dealer starts just wrecking you, you want to take some money off the table. So New England right now, they're racking up the points, and you want to do that because especially in the East, if they keep this run going, I mean, I don't think they're going to have any trouble qualifying for the playoffs. Uh, moving over to the other side of the ball, Philadelphia Union, Ivis, a loss for them. They did defeat Sporting Kansas City uh, in the midweek match, but, uh, I mean, what's left for them? I mean, going into season, you know, you and I kept talking about how good this team was probably going to look, but, I mean, it looks a little bit like fool's gold, and, and nothing to say that New England, had, I mean, Philadelphia had tired legs. I mean, Philadelphia's defense could have done much better in this game. Their defending was atrocious. It wasn't the best, but Philadelphia, man, I mean, What's the plan going forward? I mean, Hackworth, how much longer is he going to be there? Okay. 
here's the question, right? How much time, if any, did the win against Casey buy him? And I tell you what, I think it it, it has bought him some time. Um, and well, you know what's interesting? As bad as they've been, right? Mm-hmm. As as much as they had that nine match winless streak, and now they got blown out. How many points? Are, how many points do you think they're out of the playoffs right now? Philadelphia. Don't look. Don't look. How many points are they out of the playoffs? I right just now? cheated. I can't tell you. <laughs> okay, I, I, five. Three points. They're three points out of a playoff spot. Three points out of the wild card. Uh, you know, four po- uh, four points out of yeah, four points. Three to four points out of wild card. Six points out of an automatic spot. It's MLS. That's a good couple weeks, right? So they're still. It's not like they're dead, right? They're not dead. They have eleven points. So say what you want. But you know what? It still comes down to this. When are, number one, when are they going to finish their chances? And number two, is their defense, can their defense be consistent and put in the effort that they put in against Kansas City and do that on a week-to-week basis? They haven't shown an ability to do that. You know, they've had these mistakes throughout the season that have cost them points left and right. And that's what we need to see from them still. Is anyone going to step up and be a finisher? Andrew Wenger, right? You know, they brought, they made the trade, Jack McInerney for Andrew Wenger. McInerney's killing it right now at Montreal. He's scoring left and right. Uh, you know, in the Canadian Championship, he scored for them, and, and, and he scored in league play as well. He's doing well. Wenger hasn't, you know, he's, Wenger scored in that first game, but hasn't scored since. But he's shown some signs. He's helped set up some, some, some chances, some goals. But Philly needs to go get somebody. They need to go get a finisher. They need a goal scorer. Uh, it, it, they're lacking that right now. And, you know, are they going to spend that money or do they have the cap room? I don't know. We'll, you know, we'll see this summer if that's actually the case. But I tell you right now, the way they're constituted, the way this team is currently constituted, I don't know if they're going to get the job done. I don't know. I don't know if they are going to be able to beat out these other teams. Cause you know what? While they are only four, three points out of a playoff spot, uh, in between them and that playoff spot stands Toronto FC. Mm-hmm. Who you got to, who you got to think is going to, you know, figure some things out. The Columbus crew, which I think have shown that they can play pretty well. When they're, that, when they're on. Columbus isn't consistent, right. though. That's their problem. Yeah, yeah, well, they rely on Iguain a lot. And what, as he goes, so they go. Mm-hmm. And in that number five spot's the New York Red Bulls. And you would like to, and, and you, you have to think the Red Bulls are going to you know, be there. They're going to get there. They're going to probably spend in the summer. Uh, so that's a tough road. Even though it's three points, it's a long road to those three points. Well, you also failed. I mean, you didn't also mention Chicago Fire. Who also are starting to look a little bit better, but we can talk about those teams a little bit. Ibis, you just mentioned the Columbus Crew. They went to Portland. They walked away with a point in this one. Columbus though has to be extremely disappointed. They were up a man for the majority of the match, as you said. Federico Higuain had another monster game for them, a brace in this one. But Portland found a way to come back, and and for Portland though. I mean, look, it's it's a point at home. You're down a man. You came back. You had to be really excited about that. But but the mental mistakes and they just they keep Portland just seems to keep shooting themselves shooting themselves in the foot, Ivis. Right. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, you know, I know some. You know, I don't know how many Portland fans will disagree or or, or do disagree. But the Alvis red card was a red card, right? I mean, he came in full speed, uh, completely flipped the guy over. Could have broken his neck. Uh, so you know what? A red, it's a red card, right? It's a red card. Um, but I gotta say, I gotta give Portland some credit, right? To battle back, not just once, but twice. They battled back, tied up at 2 2. And then a minute later, the yeah. crew, a minute later, the crew score on a deflected goal. And you figure at that point, oh, that's the gut punch. They're not getting off the mat now. 
They gave it their all to tie it at 2-2. They're not fighting back again, all right? And then they did it, you know? You got to give them credit. Gaston Fernandez. The guy is, uh, I'm telling you, the guy is unbelievable. He finds, I mean, I, I don't know what the track record is, but I, I think, all, I feel like all five of his goals have come in like the 85th minute or after. You know, like he, he's just, he's saved their, he's saved their butts. Uh, I don't know how many times already. So uh, having said all that, you know what? If you're Portland and you're a Portland fan, you, you got to start at some point saying, well, look, we're at home. We got, you know, we have like the best, uh, best atmosphere in the league. We need to start getting three points. And I know Caleb Porter agrees. I know Caleb Porter is probably as upset as anybody that they're not getting these three points at home. Uh, but I think they're going to be all right. I think the quality's there. They're obviously going to, you know, make moves. They went and signed the Nigerian forward, Fernando Adi. And, and in his debut, in like his mm-hmm. first touch, he sets, up, he sets up the equalizer. Which, you know, it's storybook, right? Storybook deal. He's not the only player they're going to bring in. I can tell you that. They're going to bring in more players. Uh, they're going to solidify that defense. They're not happy with the defenders they have there. So if you're a Portland fan, you got to feel good at the fact that this team isn't afraid to spend money, isn't afraid to go out and bolster the team, and they're not afraid to to fix mistakes when they make signings that maybe didn't work out. Norberto Paparato doesn't look like he's gonna. you're going to see him again. I mean, he's just completely fallen out of the mix. So, you know what, Portland, I, I still think they're going to be all right, but they need to start turning these one-point mm-hmm. one games into three-point well, games. Especially especially against the crew, who I was, they had three different guys in their back line going into this game. You're at home. You have to take care of business if you're the Portland Timbers because as much as that point is nice, look, the Western Conference is much tougher than the Eastern Conference. It's not going to be easy to be racking up points against some of these tougher teams in the Western Conference. No, I agree absolutely, and 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 it's true. You know, when you think about the fact that the crew uh, were missing, you know, Michael Parkhurst, they're missing Waylon Francis, uh, their defense was a bit of a patchwork unit, and Portland wasn't able to punish them. And obviously, the early red card uh, put them in that hole. And look, Elvis Powell is a young defender; he's going to have those kind of moments when you when you that's the risk you take. You know, Elvis Powell. The Jamaican fullback has a lot of upside. You know, there's like there's a lot to be excited about with the quality that he, with, with the the starting points that he has. But he's also very young, and when you when you when you play a young defender like that, there's always that chance that he's gonna you know do something silly, uh, put himself in a bad spot. So you kind of live and die with, when you play the young defenders like that. And if you're a team like Portland. You know, yeah, that that's the chance you take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to answer your question on the Gaston Fernandez, he now has three goals after the 79th minute or more. Two goals in stoppage time. I'm sorry, one goal in stoppage time. So he is providing late heroics. Uh, Columbus Crew, Ivis, they did stop the bleeding. The three-match uh, winless streak. As the three ma- I'm, I'm sorry, the, 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 they're on, I can't even say this correctly. They were on a three-match losing streak. It has come to a close with this draw against Portland. Columbus, though, as we've said, inconsistent, but they do have some guys. I mean, Will Trapp has looked good for them. Federico Higuain, when he's on, Columbus is a really good team. What what can they take from this? Is this an opportunity for Columbus to, to jumpstart maybe a streak to get them back, and even though they're not in that playoff picture, but but to kind of solidify themselves more in the Eastern Conference? Well, I, you know, I, I still think they need some other guys to step up. And I know, look, Ethan Finley had that. Ethan Finley scored that third goal. It was a deflected goal. But, you know, you like to see someone else step up there. That's what it's going to come down to for the Columbus crew. Are they going to have other players in their attack step up, right? I mean, we're, you know, Dominic Aduro. What, what's his story? Where is yeah. he right now, right? I mean, he's and, – and, and that's not a surprise either. I mean, look at his career. 
he's he and Kenny Cooper are cut from that same every other year uh, formula. You know, they'll be great one year, invisible the next year, and that and that and that's kind of what you get, right? So if if they don't have somebody step up, uh, one or two players step up in their attack to help. Iguain, they're gonna always be consistent because Iguain can't do it every week, folks. He can't. He is like he's a quality player, one of the best, most skilled attacking players in the league, but he's not a guy who's gonna do it every single week because you know what? He's gonna go up against some teams that are able to contain him, some teams that are gonna able to put bodies around him and force him to to get the ball to other players, and that's when you need guys to step up. So who's gonna step up for the crew? And a bigger question is, are the crew ready? to go into the summer and add some reinforcements to their attack because we said it before the season they needed to do that. When Eddie Gavin retired, right then, you need, you had to say to yourself, all right, we lost Eddie Gavin. Eddie Gavin, quality player for the crew for so long uh, in the midfield. We need to get better. We need to go add some pieces. They didn't add attacking pieces. They rebuilt their defense, credit to them. Uh, you know, when you go get a Michael Parkhurst, Giancarlo Gonzalez, and Waylon Francis – in one swoop, one fell swoop, Greg Berhalter built himself a quality defense. But guess what? The offense is still not a playoff caliber offense. You need to go get some players. Oh, and Columbus's schedule is not going to be getting easier for them. Next week, I was taking on the Chicago Fire, and that is now the to, on Chicago Fire, who are on a two-match winning streak. We talked about this, Ivis, a few weeks ago. We said Chicago. They need to get something going. The draws are good, but you need three points. They defeated... The New York Red Bulls last week, five to four. You know that that was that was an exciting game. But but the one thing about Chicago, and look, I don't want to be mean here, Ivis, but New York's defense was not good in that game. And then this weekend, Chicago benefits from Eric Palmer Brown making his debut. Sporting Kansas City has no center backs, and, and not that I want to cast any doubt on Chicago Fire, but I mean these these two wins, I mean they kind of have a little asterisk next to them. What do you think? Three points are three points, my friend. And and you know what? Come October, if they make the playoffs. No one's going to go back and look at this game and say, oh, wait, that shouldn't count. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, uh, when you look at Sporting, K- Sporting KC, they knew they were going to lose Beasler and and uh, Zussi, right? They knew that was going to happen. But to have Aurelian Colin get hurt was such a big blow for them because you figured, you know what, Colin will be, be the anchor of your defense, mm-hmm. of your cent- central defense with Be Beasler out. Once Colin got hurt, all of a sudden you're like, wow, we don't have Beasler we don't have a uh, uh, call in. Uh, Igo Pyra's out for the season with the ACL. What are we going to do? Lawrence Olam can't be the anchor. He needs some. He needs a quality center back next to him. So you know what? You give Peter Vermees some credit. He gave the youngster Eric Palmer Brown uh, a look, and and that was always a tough spot to put him in, right? Mm-hmm, I yeah. mean, uh, but you have to do it. You have to give the. You have to give a young player an opportunity. And you know what? As young as he is, and as much as he got a set, uh, you know two yellows. Uh, you see quality there. You see uh, some. You see starting points. You see someone who you can understand. There can be a, a progression. You can understand why Juventus is interested in him, right? So it wasn't a great debut, but there's quality there. So that's kind of like you know silver lining for for Sporting Kansas City. As far as Chicago goes, you know what? You you get the wins. You don't care how ugly they are. You don't care. Uh, you, you, you're not trying to get style points. You're just trying to get three points, right? So as much as, look, in my opinion, Quincy Ameriqua, complete dive, right? I don't think he was touched on the first penalty. Eric Kronberg came in. Uh, you know, any every replay I saw, it just it was hard to see contact there. And Ameriqua has been known to dive before. But look, credit to him. He took advantage of it. Uh, and then 
Mike McGee put it in. He scored the first of his two penalties. Mm-hmm. And then Palmer Brown, he, 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 he gets an unfortunate bounce off his foot to put the ball in line for Hoy, Benji Hoya's move. And then he had to foul him. I mean, he didn't have to foul him, but then it put him in a tough spot. So, you know what? If you're sporting Kansas City and you're giving up two PKs in the first 15 minutes on the road and you're playing a patchwork defense, it, 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 it was a lot to ask of them. And they still made it a game. Oh, Dom Dwyer made it. Dom Dwyer made it 2-1. So, you know what? Chicago, wasn't it wasn't beautiful by any means, but when you when you go a whole, two you know, however long, two months without a win, now that you're starting to rack up some points, they could I don't think they care that uh, how pretty it was or, or how convincing it was because it's all about climbing back into that playoff conversation. I mean, I just watched the replay on uh, Quincy Marroquois. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, Ives. He, he was taken down. T- he was taken on hard. I don't know. I don't know Look, what game you were watching. You're crazy. Uh, the positives from this game, though, for, for the Chicago Fire, and, and not that I want to start it off like that, but I will say, I mean, Harrison Ship Ives continues to impress for them. And, and the one thing about this was, yes, Mike McGee, did score two goals in this game. But the one thing that impressed me with Mike McGee, he looked active for the full 90 minutes, was all over the place, almost drew a penalty at the end of the game. I thought this is one of Mike McGee's best performances uh, on the season in Chicago. That's a guy they need to get going up for, for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's going to be there. He's, he's going to bring you quality. Uh, you know, maybe he got off to a little bit of a slow start uh, showing up to camp late, but he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be there. And, and having Ship continue to give you that, quality uh it, it's uh, it's impressive to see and i will say one thing you know as much as it seemed like he's running away with rookie of the year patrick mullins mm-hmm. is, in the, is gonna make a case he's gonna put himself in that conversation three goals in three games and and we want a race right we want we don't want a rookie of the year to be decided in may and have nobody really put up a challenge so it's good to see mullins getting into that conversation i think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch those two kind of do battle and, and, you know, just as they did battle in college, obviously. So uh, it, it's fun to just see ship kind of evolve and continue to, to, to play well. So uh, it, it sky's the limit really for him. Uh, Seattle Sounders defeated the San Jose Earthquakes 1-0. Obi Femi Martins had possibly the goal of the year. Um, this is a little bit of an interesting one. I have a San Jose missing a lot of guys. Chris Wondolowski, Stephen Lenhart, Alan Gordon, Clarence Goodchin, Shea Salinas was on a suspension. So San Jose's roster, think about this, against Seattle, out of all the starting 11 guys, they had one goal and one assist combined. The Seattle Sounders were only able to get one goal against that team. So San Jose, man, they, they got to walk away with a little bit of a moral victory in this one. Uh, well, you you forgot Victor Bernardes as well. Oh, yes, that's right. There. That's right. Uh, you know what? I don't know, man. I don't know if Vic, I don't know if moral victories uh, it, it are, are are enough at this point, right? Uh, I mean, if anything, they showed in the Champions League uh, against uh, Toluca that, yes, they can bunker in and survive and make it a game. Uh, but you know what? A loss is a loss, and and I think they had they knew at this point in the season, once they lost Wondolowski, Bernardes, and uh, and Goodson that things were going to be tough, right? Um, but the whole season's been pretty tough for them. The whole <laughs> season, they haven't shown much. I mean, Chase Salinas has been one of the bright spots, no doubt about it. Chris Wondolowski's going to give you what he gives you. He's going to score goals and, and create chances, but I haven't seen much else from the rest. I haven't seen much. Uh, to get too excited about there, really, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Yannick Jallo has shown some some excitement there for them, but I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I, I just don't see it for them. And that's even with their full team. And now that they're missing these guys, I think mm-hmm. they're going to fall into a hole that ju- they're just not going to be able 
to climb out of. Yeah, it definitely seems like uh, that San Jose is going to be in a tailspin. John Bush did have a good game in this one, but Ivis, I'm sorry? He's having a good year. Yeah, he's having a very good year. Um, the, his reaction to Obi Finn Martin's goal was was pretty priceless. I mean, Ivis, is, is that the goal of the year? You didn't even like the goal. <laughs> I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I, I don't I don't keep I don't keep the best goals compiled in my brain. So I, I I'd have to think back. I don't know if it's goal of the year, but it's def- for me it was goal of the week. Um, that I mean that's a tough tough. Uh, that's a tough goal to score. You're on the run, left-footed, sharp angle. You got to hit that so perfectly. I don't know if it's goal of the year though. I mean, I, I, I got to think about that. But no, it's. I don't think it's goal of the year. It was. It was pretty nice though. Um, the the New York Red Bulls went to Toronto and lost zero to two. Toronto did get a goal late. Jermaine Defoe with an absolute strike in the beginning. Uh, of the game for them. So nice to see uh, Jermaine Defoe uh, get going for, for Toronto FC in this one, Ivis. Yeah, I mean, you, you like seeing Toronto win a game. Michael Bradley wasn't there. Uh, and you want to see how they deal without having him there. And credit to them. Uh, you know, the Red Bulls really, for me, I don't know. Like, they, they didn't look that great. And Bradley Wright Phillips, we have to talk about it. The guy has been on fire. but uh, But on Saturday... Uh, any questions about who of those two English strikers is the quality, the the better one? Uh, not that there was ever really a question, but, you know, obviously Bradley Wyatt Phillips was on a roll. Some people were feeling pretty good about where it, the, how he was playing. And then he misses probably the easiest chance he's had all year, uh, uh, which he absolutely should have put in and would have been, you know, definitely would have made it an interesting game because it mm-hmm. makes it one, one at that point. Uh, but I don't know, man. The Red Bulls just, just I don't know. They're not. Uh, they they they've gone from that hot streak to in a funk all all over again. What what, what does New York need to do, Ivis? I mean, do do they need to fix up the midfield? Is is it the back line? What what, what is the pressing issue? If you had to fix the, the, you know, what is the number one issue on the New York Red Bulls checklist right now? What do they need to fix? Uh, I don't know. See, it's hard to pinpoint because I just think I don't think they're like the best constructed team. I just think. The pieces that are there aren't like they don't fit well. They don't fit well because you know they rely on Terry Henry to be the playmaker uh, because they don't have a, a real they don't have a true playmaker. They they you know they they don't have a number ten, so he ends up just kind of picking up that slack as, as the creator. Even though he's really you want him to be your forward, right? You don't you don't want him to to have to ca- carry that load and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I look at their. I look at the team that that they trotted out there. You don't have Tim Cahill, and 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 that's a big loss for them. I know they've won matches without Tim Cahill, but I think over an extended period of time, that get. I think that gets tougher and tougher to pull off because Cahill means that much to this team. Uh, between his energy, his the uh, his work rate, his ability to get goals when you don't have him, uh, it's hard for those those other players to to pick up that slack. But just look at this team, right? So. Yeah, Jenna Steele on the left, who I'm still – I still – I don't know. I don't see him. He's not a left winger. He, he's been pushed out there. He, he was serviceable last year, but he just doesn't give you much. Like for me, he doesn't give you enough on the left. And then you had Eric Alexander in the middle, although I think Alexander – you know, I think he's been more effective out wide. Mm-hmm. And you still don't have a playmaker. So then Terry Henry has to playmake. And when Terry, Terry Henry has to playmake, if your forward isn't, isn't absolutely putting his chances away – you, then you're you're in a tough spot. You're just not going to win games, and 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 obviously, Wright Phillips missed his golden opportunity 
to tie things up in that game. They need to go get a playmaker, number one. Uh, and number two, obviously they're missing Roy Miller. Bobby Convey is not a left back. I'm just gonna put that. I'm just gonna put it out there. In my opinion, he's not a left back. Uh, but until they get a proper playmaker, uh, and until they get Tim Cahill back, I think they're gonna be in this kind of inconsistent funk, and they'll go as Terry Henry goes, and uh, Henry will have his games where he turns it up to ten, and he still look, he still has it. He still can, can he can dominate a game, but he can't do it consistently every week. He needs help, and uh, until they get Cahill back, and unless they go get a playmaker, I think they're gonna have they're gonna continue to be inconsistent. Uh, I think positives for Toronto though. Bradley Orivis had a pretty big game for Toronto in this one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and you know, I give Ryan Nelson credit. He's moved him around. Uh, Bradley Orivis, you know, he, he's obviously he can play right back. He can he he's shown he can play center back. Now you put him in the midfield, and, and he picks up the slack for Michael Bradley. So. Uh, you know what? He's been a really, really good pickup. Quietly ha- has proven to be a real valuable pickup. Uh, he's not getting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of attention, a lot of accolades. But I'm sure Ryan Nelson is very happy that he was able to bring him in. Uh, Real Salt Lake continues their streak. Ivis defeating the Colorado Rapids this past weekend, two to one. RSL jumped out to a to an early lead, then bunkered down. Colorado, I thought, had a much better second half than RSL, but RSL was able to outlast them, and uh, things keep going well under the Jeff Kassar era. Yeah, I wouldn't. I w- honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, put too much into the whole. You know the Rapids were better later on because you know what when you put when you get that two when you score a couple goals when you get that two zero lead, RSL took the two zero lead fifty first minute. You, you know you take the foot off the gas. You kind of sit on that lead. You know you you, you want to be smart about things, and that's what they did. They let Colorado have the ball. They let them play around with it. Uh, Colorado did get themselves a goal uh, later on in the match, but it, it was a comfortable win. You know I I, I don't think. I don't think they were really that troubled in that match, and it just shows their quality, you know. When when you think about no Nick Romando, Jeff Attenella steps in, plays great for them. Uh, you know, no uh, no Alvaro Sabarillo. They plug in the Devin Sandoval. Devin Sandoval had a monster game for them, and he's such a good player. Right. So you, and then you have no and you have no Kyle Beckerman. So they you know they they plug in Cole Grossman. Uh, you got no Luis Gill. I mean, when you think about all those players they're missing, and then for them to still be able to get results, I mean, you got to give them credit, man. You got to give Jeff Kassar credit. You got to give Garth Lagerway credit. Uh, and you got to give these these reserve players credit, these guys like Atanella, Grossman, Sandoval. For for them to step in and take advantage of these opportunities, it says a lot. And and it, and it just helps build up the depth uh, that's going to allow, uh, allow Jeff Kassar to kind of spread out the minutes, keep his guys fresh. Uh, and that's big coming playoff time. It's absolutely it's vital uh, to manage your minutes over the course of a season uh, in MLS. And that's why I think you see the teams that do that well are the teams that perennially win titles. Sporting Kansas City, uh, Peter Vermees last year, he made a point to do that. Obviously, they were competing on multiple fronts. You know, so there would be games where he'd sit mm-hmm. Matt Beasler, he'd sit Aurelian Collin, and people are like, wait, what? Why, what's going on here? Why are these guys sitting? Why is this guy not playing? And it's all part of a long-term plan because the more minutes you put on your first team, uh, the tougher it is to, for them to be completely 100% fresh at the end. And that's when you want your team fresh at the end, October, November, and yes, December. So you know what? 
you got to give RSL credit. They are looking absolutely like a championship team. Well, and Jeff uh, Antinella, I mean, you talk about a goalkeeper that you have coming off the bench. I mean, obviously, the demand is going to be high for him in the offseason. He's a quality player. He's he'll a- uh, he'll be uh, he'll be he'll be. You know what? He's going to be selected in in the expansion draft. I'm just going to put it out there right now. Yeah, he, he's, he's he's such a good goalkeeper. It's it's. It's almost unfair for we also like to have two quality goalkeepers like that. Houston defeated the LA Galaxy. I said this one was going to be scoreless. I was almost right. Ivis Giles Barnes with the goal. But I think the biggest thing for Houston is the play of the rookie, Mark Sherrod, who has been outstanding over the last couple weeks for them. He's done well, no question about it. And, uh, you know, Houston, their defense is, is, you know, considering the lumps they took last week against RSL, Giving up the five spot, uh, it, you know, if you're Dom Kinnear, you're absolutely giddy uh, uh, see, about seeing them respond and come back and battle back the way they did. And look, David Horst, uh, the guy had himself a game. I thought he, for me, was 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 really the standout for them. I know, look, Sherrod helped set up that goal, and, and you like what you're seeing out of him. But for me, you know what, Mar- uh, David Horst is is, is really uh, proving himself to be a really really big time pickup for the Dynamo. Uh, L.A., though, Ivis, we've talked about this. They, they need someone else up top to help them score goals. They, they, they need to bring someone in. Who who could they bring in? I don't know. Well, look, Samuel is, is a DP, right? He's a designated player. So that's that's why they brought him in. They brought Rob Friend in. I mean, Friend, Friend is not in. doing anything. Uh, I don't know. He's earning pen- penalties with dives. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good at that. <laughs> he is pretty good at that. Who? <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to say anything. Go ahead. You talk. <laughs> What are you afraid of? Well, no, I was, was going to say I was going to say who's the better diver, Quincy Maricol or Rob Friend? Uh, yeah, we need we need to let that one play out a little more. Uh, but yeah, no, you know what? Yeah, you know it's tough. They obviously Landon Donovan's not there. Uh, you know that that Marcelo Sarvis didn't play in this game. Uh, AJ AJ Garza was slotted out left back. You got Todd Donovan still hurt. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make about LA. I think I you know I thought LA would be better. Um, but you know, look, Donovan, you're missing him. No, no, no question about it. Omar Gonzalez, you're obviously missing him as well. I thought it was interesting to see the young center back pairing, uh, of Kofi Opari and Tommy Meyer. I thought that was, uh, you know, uh, Leonardo has not looked good at all for me. And maybe Bruce Arena had, you know, came to that realization, you know, do I want to play Leonardo next to a young center back in Opari and, and make Opari have to clean up? Leonardo's inevitable mistakes. So, uh, you know what? The, the, this obviously was not a great result for LA, but I think it's a work in progress. They know they're going to be without Gonzalez and Donovan for, for for some time now. So, if they can rack up a few points during that stretch, I think they'll be happy. I think they'll be content with that because you figure once they get Donovan and Gonzalez back, that they'll be ready for that stretch run. Mm-hmm. Uh, FC Dallas, Chivas USA play to a 1 1 draw. If you're FC Dallas, you had to be pretty happy. Um, that your four-match losing streak has come to an end. But, I mean, this would have been a really big opportunity, Ivis, for FC Dallas to get three points. They weren't able to. Both teams walk away with the draw. And and, and I think with, with this point, FC Dallas, Ivis, I mean, is there any hope for them to really kind of recover from this tailspin that they were in and kind of get back to where they were to start the season? It's May. It's May. Settle down. <laughs> Here's what it comes – look, they, they're, they're hit right now with some serious injuries – uh, I mean, you know, you got you got to feel for Oscar Pereja, right? Because coming into the year, 
he probably looked at his team and said, you know what, we have a pretty good team here. We 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 can do some things. We can uh, we can field a pretty good lineup. Uh, but you know, you lose Mauro Diaz, Henry Thomas is out, George John hasn't been around. Uh, so you know what, it's been really tough for them. But I, so from that standpoint, even though you know you think oh you want to get all three points at home. Um, I still think getting a point is is not the worst thing in the world for them, uh, considering the in, uh, the injuries and the and all the players that they're missing. So I think from that standpoint, you know what, it, it, it's a, you're okay with that. I think you're okay with that. Uh, look at you being the FC Dallas apologist. Uh, Fabian ah! Castillo uh, continues to also have a good season. Did have a goal in this one. I have his last MLS game over the weekend. DC Montreal. You mentioned it before. Jack McInerney with the goal and Eddie Johnson. Ivis. The wait is over. He scored this past weekend. That's why they put him on the World Cup. T- oh, wait, my bad. Uh, no, look. <laughs> I said, I'm pretty sure I said in the preview that, you know what, let's see how he responds. I think and, you and, said and, that he was going to score. I think you said you could book that. Did I say that? I'm no, pretty said- sure you did. I, I'm trying here. I'm trying to give you credit for that right now. You're not taking it? Okay. Mm, no, I don't, I, I'm I don't pretty sure credit. you took it. I, I don't want to take credit unless that's what I said. I'm, you know, I'm 99% sure that you said that. I tried to erase that show from my memory. Oh, stop it. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> this guy. All right. <laughs> Sorry, that was too easy. No, look, you know what? You got to feel Freddie Johnson, right? I mean, the guy's heartbroken. Uh, you know he wanted to be at the World Cup. Uh, you know He wanted to be in that training camp. So for him to get up off the mat and and finally get that breakthrough goal, you got to feel good for him, right? You want to see him. You want to see how he responds. You want to see how... He he responds to adversity and look he's had adversity in his career before and he's come through it and he and he's he's thrived so let's see if he does it again and and you know it, it will it make him stronger will it help will it help him uh, really be the player DC wanted him to be so consider this a kind of first step and and now he gets that first goal and maybe he starts feeling better about himself and better about the whole getting snubbed from the national team thing and. If he gets rolling with Espindola playing the way he's playing, if you get Espindola and Johnson clicking, I mean they're gonna they're gonna be tough to deal with. They're gonna be, they're, you know what? All of a sudden, I, then I will. For me, you got to start taking them a little more seriously. So uh, I want to see them next week, and obviously they play New England. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a really good test for them. So I, I'm looking forward to that match. Uh, speaking of DC, Ivis reports came out over the weekend in the Washington Post that district officials and DC United executives are very close to finalizing a stadium deal. This would be at Buzzard Point, which is in southwestern Washington, DC, next to the National Stadium. But even though this looks like good news, this project, this this announcement, I think it's in month ten, Ivis still has a lot of hurdles to clear before it becomes a reality. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna do my impression of every longtime DC United fan in reacting to the news of this. I'll believe it when I see the stadium. That that's. A, that, I mean, how else do you look at it? I mean, there's been so many false starts, so many broken promises, so many. Oh, they're close, and no, they're not. You know, it. it I mean, it's honestly the the DC stadium situation. Is like is like Snoopy in the football with Lucy pulling the ball away every time. It never seems to work out. But I will say this to give a little hope for DC fans. Uh, you know, covering the New York team, covering the Metro Stars, and eventually the Red Bulls. I mean, they went 
10 years, right? I remember writing my first stories about the proposed Metro Star Stadium project in 2000. In 2000. And it took them a decade. It took them a decade. I know DC's been waiting even longer, but maybe this is finally it. Maybe they finally break through. And I, I think I speak for all MLS fans. Even if you hate DC United, even if you're like a Red Bulls fan or a Philadelphia Union fan, and you hate DC United. I think even those who hate DC United as a team want to see them get a stadium because it's all about a nice building. You want to go, you know what? If you're a Red Bulls fan and you take the trip to you know down I-95 to face them, you want to be in a you want to be in a beautiful stadium. You want to beat them in their nice stadium. You have your nice stadium in Red Bull Arena, you want to go to their nice stadium and boo them and 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 sing your songs and and beat them there. Uh and and I think at this point we all realize that DC they can't they can't be a sustainable business if they stay if they don't get a stadium. So I think from that standpoint, no one wants to see them move out of DC. No one wants to see DC United cease to exist. No one wants to see Baltimore United. No offense to anybody in Baltimore, but you know what? DC belongs in DC. DC United is is an important team, an important uh, club in in the landscape of Major League Soccer. So hopefully. Hopefully this is real. Hopefully this isn't just another false alarm. Uh, but again, when we see some shovels in the ground, then we can really, really. Then I think DC United fans will actually care. Uh, talking more about stadium issues, Miami. Uh... Their situation is still quite interesting. David Beckham, obviously, the plan A with the port is not going to happen. So he's turned his focus to a downtown boat slip in Miami, Ivis. It seems, you know, reports and quotes coming out of Miami seems like this one's a little bit more feasible. Only problem, stadium's going to be a little bit smaller. But, uh, I mean, look, fingers crossed, hopefully Miami and they can get their stadium issue resolved sooner rather than later here. They just want a stadium, you know, and I think – I always said, man, it was wishful thinking to get that that uh, that initial uh, that that initial uh, land that they wanted, right? I mean, I think that there was a little bit of a pipe dream, but at the same time, maybe I think they aimed high for that, and and, and their plan B was always a pretty good plan B. So, uh, if they do the boat slip uh, location, it's not too bad, not too bad, right? I mean, I, it's not as close to the beach as uh, <laughs> as, as the pier. But you know what? It's still it'd still be pretty good. Yeah, you know, it'd still be pretty good. <laughs> always got to get a beach reference in every single show. Always, always. Um, a boat slip, though. They have to – see, I'm not familiar with water since we don't have any in Arizona. So I'm assuming that that's where – I mean, they're going to have to fill up the boat slip, correct? I have no idea, man. Don't ask me about the details of that. You're live, you live closer to water than I do. You worked in the Bahamas or Bermuda or whatever. You should. You, you were on boats for like a year in a row. Yeah, but that was. I mean, we would park our boats in like the bay, and I taught wakeboarding. I mean, come, I mean, I, I was, I was, I was doing shots the whole entire time. You, what do you want from me? <laughs> this guy. All right, I was. Then, don't you have like? Don't you have like Lake Havasu? Isn't that near you? Isn't that something? Something. Uh yeah no oh how do you wait how do you know about Lake Havasu? MTV, come on. You MTV, watch MTV. Spring break. MTV Spring Break, I mean, all that. I stopped watching MTV Spring Break like eight years ago. Right, and eight years ago they were at Lake Havasu, so there you go. Yeah, Lake Havasu is pretty wild. Actually, Lake Havasu is closer to Vegas. I think the lake that you were thinking of was Lake Powell, which is... I've never heard of that. I have no idea. I didn't know where... I 
I always thought, well, it's in Arizona, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? We, we need to move on because apparently our, our last conversation on, on ge- you know, geopolitics pissed everyone off, so we don't need to talk geography on this, this show. How is geopolitics? How is talking about Lake Havazoo, how is that <laughs> geopolitics? Just because you don't want to talk about it because you have some bad memories, you and you and a keg and, and no, see, no, I, no, 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 that's not true. I've, yeah. I've never been to Lake Havasu. I'm more of a, a, of a Mexico guy, arrest, Caribbean. Not since the arrest, I'm sure. No, see, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> if I've learned anything in life, you do things illegal outside of the country because you can pay off cops. Oh, That's a story hey. that I will tell at a bar if you have a few drinks for me. Ivis, time to move on to the U.S. Men's National Team. Landon, I know what that's about. You're just, you know what? You're just trying to shake off the good guy label that you've earned from your whole goody two shoes rant last week. I, I, I see what you're trying to do. What are you, what are you talking about? Now you're this... trying to do this whole rebel. Uh, you know, I'm breaking laws abroad. You know, see, I, I, see, I've been wa- I've been rewatching Breaking Bad, so that I think that's what it is. Is my, my youth is starting to you know come back up? You know, I'm saying yo a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the Jesse Pinkman of this operation. <laughs> I'm Walter White. Uh, time to move on. I was U.S. Men's National Team. Landon Donovan does not consider himself a lock for the roster. Is he just saying that, or is there some truth behind that? I don't know any player who would actually come out and say they're a lock, right? I mean, we, 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 like, even Clint Dempsey, I don't think, has come out and said, listen, I'm going to be in Brazil. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, yeah. I mean, Landon Donovan's always been pretty PC, pretty, pretty politically correct. He plays it well. He's not going to take it for granted. You know, he's been around. And Jurgen Klinsmann, based on some of the comments that he's made, you almost think, yeah, maybe maybe Donovan's not a lock. But I did, I did think it was telling that you know Tim Howard today uh, at the training camp came out and said that you know when Donovan's on the field, he's one of he's 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 one of the top players on the team. He's one of the top two players. Mm-hmm. He's still someone who strikes fear in opposing teams, and 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 it's true. You know, as much as. You know, is he is he at his best still? No, but he's been in these situations before. He's someone with that experience in these kind of big games. He has produced in these kind of big games. And as much as Jurgen Klinsmann has is, is, is made it clear that nothing is guaranteed and, you know, Landon Donovan's World Cup roster spot is not a tenured position, um, I, you know what? I still find it hard to picture Klinsman leaving him off this roster. I, I, I mean, I, you know what? Is it impossible? I'm not going to say that because I could see Klinsman maybe feeling like, you know what? This is my chance to make this my team. I am the manager for the next four years, and I want to make it my team. That was, you know pretty, what? That was a pretty good one, actually. <laughs> that was one of your better ones. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know what? If that's what he wants to do, you know, he better have himself some guys ready to step up and 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 produce in Landon Donovan's place. And I don't, I'll tell you what, nothing against these other guys. There's a lot of quality on this roster. But for me, Landon Donovan's the guy you want on the field when things are getting tough, when you're in a World Cup, when you're playing high-level opponents. I still think he's someone who can get the job done. And uh, so from that standpoint, I just fight it hard to imagine Donovan not making that team. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you with that. And then everyone who's like, oh, but Landon Donovan, blah, blah, blah. We'll have a couple good games and everyone will shut up as, as they always do. With I don't know, People just love to dog on, on certain guys on the U.S. Men's National Team. 
I just don't get it, Ibis. Well, that wraps up today's SBI show. Before I let you get on that flight to San Francisco, anything else we need to talk about today? That was the worst transition to an ending ever, man. Yeah, What's going well, on? It, it, We're supposed to banter now. We're supposed to like ask each other questions. Come on. What do you want to talk about today? I, I already gave head, away enough information about myself on today's head show. Head-to-head Q&A time. Okay, you, you go first then since you thought of the head-to-head Q&A. What's my creation? So I'm going to... I'm going to go with that. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, number of times you've been in a jail cell. Zero. Um, I've also never gotten a referral from school. I've never been suspended. I don't get in trouble, man. I stay out of trouble. Hmm, nice. Okay. In, inside the United States. Um, <laughs> I know. He's wanted in like five countries. <laughs> That's that all. You like the Jordan Vandersloot of uh, Arizona? <laughs> that is not true. Uh, I gotta think of a question for you, man. Um, first thing you're gonna do in San Francisco when you get out there? Uh, well, I'm actually not gonna. Uh, I mean, I land in San Francisco and then I take off to Palo Alto or the Palo Alto area uh, for training camp. Uh, then, so I'm gonna be there when Tuesday night to Sunday, and then Sunday I'm gonna head over to San Jose. And attend my first San Jose Earthquakes match. Believe it or not, I've been covering the league since 99. Uh, I've never been to a San Jose Earthquakes match. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, They play Houston. Uh, And and also, I'm going to get to check out their stadium, which is, uh, as anyone who follows Dave Caval knows, is getting built. I mean, the guy tweets like like 100 pictures a day of the stadium project. And uh, it's coming along. So pretty impressive stuff there. Then it's off to San. Uh, it's off to San Francisco on Monday. Uh, what am I going to do in San Francisco when I get there? I don't know. I'll try to find a good Peruvian restaurant. That's usually what I do. You found a good one in Arizona, actually. I did. Very I have, good. I've yet to check it out. You keep you kept talking about it. Quality, I highly recommend. I don't remember the name of it, but I I highly recommend the, the place that I found. Interesting. All right. So, uh, question number two for Mister Cleverly. Um, if you could uh, give a wild card slot to a 31st player for the U.S. roster, who would you give that wild card spot to? Mm. Hmm, that's a good one. Let me think about that one. Mm. Sasha Question. That's who I'd give it to. Okay, interesting. Who would, okay, fine, who would you give it to? Tim Ream. Not about it. He, yeah, he's for me. He's the guy who, you know, I think, I'm telling you, man, I think, I, for me, uh, it would have been interesting to see him in that in that competition uh, for the four center back spots. I just think, uh, unless you're going to, unless you are definitely going to consider Jeff Cameron for one of those center back spots, um I don't know, man. I'm not sold on 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 the full potential four center backs that you're going to bring. I don't know if John Brooks is your guy, but again, I, you know what? If you're Klinsman, Klinsman has to have an eye towards 2018. Maybe he sees Brooks as someone who could be a guy for 2018. So you want to give him that experience. So I understand that, but you know what? Tim Ream for me, uh, it would have been good to see him in camp. So hmm. I don't have any more. Get... I don't have any more questions. Nah, Here, here's my question: Did you see Godzilla over the weekend? It was awesome. I loved Godzilla. Uh, I I, I got to say, I, I was irrationally excited about the the, the, the looming arrival of this movie. Uh, and it's it, it's funny how, you know what, you have these things from your childhood that you forget about. 
and you don't even remember how how like significant these things were in your childhood. Godzilla was big when I was a kid, and I I loved every movie. I watched them religiously, and and I just loved Godzilla. And then when these commercials started popping up, I mean, I will say the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie was oh, it was so it was, bad. It, it was terrible. It never caught my attention. Like no, nothing about it really. I still watched it, but like there was nothing about that. It was that on. Excited. It was on AMC the other day. Oh, yeah, no. Like it, was a- all- it was on AMC. What is AMC thinking? That's reckless thinking right there. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll just pretend that never happened. But this movie was quality. It was cool. It, 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 it you know, it, it was good. It was good. It, it really it satisfied that 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 kind of appetite for bringing back the Godzilla genre, the the whole Godzilla thing, and and, and some of the storylines. So it, it was fun. I, I think I need to go back and watch the old school. A guy in the rubber suit Godzilla movies. I, I just hope they don't do a sequel to this one. Oh, they have to though. Uh, why? Huh. Why can't it just be a standalone movie? Because he's still alive. He has to go. He has to oh, fight. Great. Now you just ruined it for everyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Oh, by the way, did you see the trailer for Interstellar? That looks sick. The one that Christopher Nolan's directing with Matthew McConaughey. Nope, I have no idea what that. You is. didn't see that one. Nope. Oh, dude, you got to see the trailer for it. it's 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 the new Christopher Nolan movie coming out. It, it looks it looks freaking awesome. McConaughey's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then it's probably gonna be pretty good. And he, and, any... he pl- and he plays a Texan for the tenth time in his career, so it's not that far of a stretch for him acting wise. I don't know. Uh, you know what? It, it, well, I mean, was he a Texan in True Detective? No, he was a Louisianan, right? And some someone wrote this thing on one time, so I think it was like on Deadspin or something like that. And they're like, "Oh, Matthew McConaughey plays is like." Texas roles or like people from the South. That's all like the roles that he plays. And, like, but he's great at movies. them. I mean, he... all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, see, love, see, you're bringing up a movie. You're bringing up a movie that if anyone who listens to the show is under the age of 20 years old has no idea what you're talking about. Oh, oh my god, on. I just, I just, I just aged myself right there. Dazed and Confused is a cult. Is a cult classic. Like I'm sure even the younger generation are familiar with. Gotta love these high school girls. I keep getting older. They stay the same age. You gotta love that. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> guy's, uh, guy's amazing. No, but True That Detective, is a great movie. True Detective, though, if you didn't see True Detective, True Detective was pretty amazing. So, even though, you know, I don't think those guys are back. I don't think him and, I don't think him and Woody Harrelson are ba- will be back after that one season. But that one season, if you haven't seen it, find a way to see it. I thought, personally, it was an amazing season. Woody Harrelson, man. Dude. How good was he in White Man Can't Jump? That, that that's a good movie. That movie's older than you. It's a great movie though. He was also great in Kingpin too. You ever see that movie? That movie's uh, that movie's that, great. That movie's absurd. <laughs> Alright, you gotta ask me a question. I, I just I did. I asked if you saw Godzilla. Oh yeah, good. Oh, such a sneaky. I, I see how smart about this stuff, Ivis. Sneaky shoot question. Okay. Um Oh man, I already asked you the whole where would you live question. Uh hmm. Okay, if you could interview anybody in the soccer world, who would you interview? Soccer world? Eh, I don't know. I, don't, I have to say soccer world because if I say like in general, then you'll start talking politics again, and turning <laughs> off our readers, our listeners. So I, don't I know. know. I would have brought up like someone from like the 12th century that I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? You could say Woodrow Wilson and then talk about how you don't know anything about his actual <laughs> All right, everyone just relax, dude. <laughs> I was I was fifty percent right on what I said about that in the last show. I love the poli sci. The, that was I was I was fifty percent right. Major dropping the two thousand word thesis on Woodrow Wilson. I, I, I will say though that that 
I do love history. Um, let me think here. In the soccer world, Ivis. Okay, fine. Not this. Not okay. Who? Uh, who outside of politics? Anyone in the world? Would you want to interview? That that way we avoid politics. Mm, I mean, I don't know. I can't think of anyone because I got to be careful with what I say here because everyone's okay. gonna everyone's gonna judge me even more if I say the wrong person. Okay, here's a, all right. Forget it. Right, that's too tough for you. Here we go. <laughs> you can have a dinner. A, you can have dinner with with you and three other people. Who are the three people living currently? Living three people. Um, I would say living. I would say. Mm, Kira Knightley, Natalie Portman, and Emma Watson. I'm very really? okay with that answer. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Okay, fine. If, who in the soccer world would you love to interview? No, but it, that, that wasn't the question. That well, I, I'm asking you the question since, since, you know, who in the soccer world would you love to interview? Okay, fine. When you go to Brazil, out of all, like, you know, the soccer greats that are going to be there, if you had a chance to interview one of those guys, like, I'm talking, you know, you know who I'm talking about, like, the greats. Who who would you pick? Uh, I'd love to interview Maradona. I gotta say, I think he'd be a fun interview. And it's funny because you you know, getting back to your, the initial question of who in the soccer world I, w- I would interview, I actually you know some people would say, oh, what about Messi? You know what? I wouldn't want to interview. I would not want to interview Messi. I mean, I would take it if I could interview him. But I've seen enough of his interviews to know that the guy just does not. He doesn't give much away. No, nope. he's pretty. He's very basic. He's very simple. Um, I'm sure, like, if I had a chance to really just kind of grill him, I, I'd avoid the, I'd avoid the generic questions that get asked far too often. But I just still think he's a really tough nut to crack. I think Diego Maradona, I think, I think Mar- Mar- Maradona would be fun because I, I think you could ask him questions that maybe you wouldn't ask other people, and and I don't, you know, I think he'd he'd he'd, he'd open up. I think he'd be a great interview. I think for me, he'd be one. Um, Soccer greats. Uh, let's see, Pele. I don't know. I think Pele is pretty, pretty. Uh, what's the word? Uh, he's too commercialized. You know, everything's a smile and a cliche, and you know, he you know he, he gives you some insight, but you know, is he a great interview? I don't know. I think I'd be more interested in someone like Jadon, although you know he's you know I don't speak French, so I need a translator. Uh, you know what? I'll say Ronaldo. I'll say the original Ronaldo, mm. Brazilian Ronaldo. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I, I would I would love that because then I could bring up the fact that the 2002 World Cup and how I asked him the question in a press conference. I'd be like, "You remember me, right? You remember me?" Jeez, oh, no. no, I would not do that. Like no. a like a fanboy, you would ask him. No, I would not do that. Actually, yeah, you know what? I would tweet at him and, and use his Twitter handle, uh, which you know, that's the super thirsty move that people do. So I might I might pull that one. Yeah, but, maybe uh, you should. No, Maradona, yeah, Diego Maradona, uh, Ronaldo. Original Ronaldo. I think those are the two I would want to interview. Uh, well, if you're listening to the show, why don't you sound off in the comments and let us know who you'd like to interview? So you didn't even it'd be interesting. You didn't, you didn't even ask me my dinner uh, my dinner party. Oh, then. fine. Who would you be at your dinner party then? The three three people, right? Yeah, three people. Uh, let's see, three people. You know, I should have an answer for this. I do. Your, I, but yours was so bad, like it's it's hard for me not to do better than what you did. <laughs> Mine was pretty uh, good. I don't see what was wrong with my with my dinner party. I mean, come on, really? I mean, what's what's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, oh, man. I okay, fine, 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 fine. You, you really want a legit answer? 
Okay, I, I would say, I, I don't know the guy's name off the top of my head, and I should. The guy who is the founder of SpaceX, I would love to see, I believe he's from South Africa. I would love to sit down and talk with him. I think he's fascinating. Uh, Richard Branson, I think, would also be great at a dinner party. And then I would also throw in, last person, probably throw in, like, uh, Bill Gates in there, because why not? You can't go wrong with that one. Who was that? Bill Gates would be the third one. Bill Gates. Oh, man. I got to think about it. I'm blanking. This is a fail. I don't know, man. No, you know what? I I, I, I have no idea. I got to think about it. Mm-hmm. Although we, we said not politics. so hey, the, the answer to SpaceX, the guy who would have to sit down, Elon Musk. That's who I'd like to sit down with. Elon Musk? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a cologne. Right. Yeah, actually, it kind of does sound like a clone. All right, Ivis, we we've rambled enough. We we need to wrap up the show today, man. I need to come up with an answer. You for need this to come question. up. Dinner party, dinner party. It could I, be anyone, dude. Anyone. I don't know. Man, Matthew McConaughey, maybe. Maybe he's the one. Seriously? I don't know. He's, he's interesting. Now nah, you know what? God, that sounds so boring to me. I would know. I I would want to. I would want to have a dinner party with him in character, with the character from uh, True uh, from True Detective. There you go. Um, actually, you know what? Actually, I, okay, I got, wait, I take got. it back. If I could get Dave Chappelle in The Prince from Chappelle Show, I could, I could handle him at a dinner party. Dave Chappelle? Yeah, but in, in you know his character, Prince, when he did the true Hollywood stories with Charlie Murphy on The Chappelle Show. <laughs> Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Are you thinking of Rick James? Yeah, no, no, well, he, no, he did a Rick James one, then he did a Prince one, too. Oh, the, yeah, the Prince yeah. one was pretty funny, actually. Right. Oh, you know what? Someone who I, w- I, w- I would want to be in that dinner party, David Simon, the creator of The Wire, would be one. Because I would love to talk Wire for like several hours. Okay. That would, uh, actually, yeah, there you go. I would. It, here it is. Perfect. I would I would want the creator of uh, The Wire, David Simon, uh, Breaking Bad, and um, what's the third show? Sopranos? Walking Dead? Yeah, you know what? No, lost? Not the Walking Dead. Oh, God, Lost, no. Yeah, you know what? I'd, I'd want him at the dinner party just because I'd yell at him about the last season how horrendous it was. I just want to yell at him and go, why didn't you just end Lost after season two? Why'd you have to ruin it for no, everyone? No, there was, there was more than that. There was mm-hmm. more than that. All right, so those, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll just go with those two because I think we've rambled on enough. I, I, I can't, I can't I, I, I'm at a loss. I, I don't know why I can't think of anyone. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it. Shaq. Shaq would absolutely be at my dinner party because I I love Shaq. He's hilarious. I think he'd be he'd be good. Him, uh, yeah, he'd be he'd be one. He'd be one. Would, so yeah, Shaq. Would, like Shaq, normal Shaq, or like Shaq and like Kazam Shaq. No, like normal current Shaq. Shaq, David Simon, the the the, the creator of the Wire, and uh, and uh, hmm, that's it. Yeah, that's fine. I think no, you're, I th- how do you not go with Kazam Shaq? I mean, he, he's a genie, dude. Think about that. Mm, maybe Omar from The Wire. Maybe he could come <laughs> as well, because he's also chalky white in uh, Boardwalk and Boardwalk Empire. So, and see, I don't have HBO. <laughs> Seriously, even now? No, uh, no. My my roommate does not have HBO. If that's what you're asking. Oh, your who? <laughs> my roommate. Your roommate? Yes, my roommate. Oh, you mean your girlfriend? <laughs> yes, she's <laughs> who's also who's also my roommate. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, people not supposed to know you're not you're living out of wedlock. <laughs> killing, killing your saintly uh, reputation. My mom 
when I'm, when I'm like, I was like, Mom, I'm moving in with my girlfriend. And Mom was like, why are you waiting to get married then? Yeah, oh, Mrs. Cleverly. All right, Ivis. Well, that wraps up today's show, man. Um, I need to let you go because I, I know you haven't packed before this flight. So I, you, I need to let you go so you can finally pack. I literally just bought luggage. <laughs> I, just- I, I know you. I know you so well. You don't pack until five seconds before the flight. I, I mean, I've witnessed this on numerous occasions with my eyes. Yeah, I, it, it's, that's how I work, man. I, I work, I work best under pressure. So that just, it's just how it goes. But yes, I will be in San Francisco slash Palo Alto slash uh, all that area, San Jose. So you know what? If you're an SP, if you're an SBI reader slash SBI show listener, and you're from that area, hopefully. We can cross paths. I will be at the AO day before party for U.S. Azerbaijan. I'll be at San Jose Houston Dynamo checking in my first uh, San Jose Earthquakes home game. So I'm looking forward to you know meeting some folks out there that I haven't had a chance to meet before, and definitely looking forward to seeing that stadium out there, and and also getting back on the national team horse because we are drawing ever closer to the World Cup. The countdown is on. It's just oh man, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how. Uh, uh, how it's 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 hurtling toward us like a meteor. Are you excited, Garrett? Are you excited for the World Cup? Yeah, man, I'm totally excited. I uh, I think I already quested off work for all those days, so I'm good to go. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm excited. I'm I'm more like you know what it is. I'm I'm just like there's so much to get together that like I've said it before. I'll get excited when I'm on the plane and we touch and I touch down in Sao Paulo and the door it opens to the to the plane. Then I'm like it, and then it's like game time, you know. You're like like a player in the tunnel, and you're about to go out there. That, that's for me. That's like game time. Then it's like, all right, I'm here. It's time to get get it done. And and you know, I'm looking forward to it, man. That that's when it really that's when it really hits. That's when you when when you're like, all right, it's time to get it done. Uh, it's it's gonna be good, man. Actually, I'm not looking. You know what? We can talk more about that as. As time goes on, Ivis. So I'll let you go so you can pack, have a safe flight, and I'll talk to you when you're chilling on the best coast, a.k.a. the west coast. <laughs> Sounds good, man. You like that? You like how I did that? Nah, it was alright. Jeez, oh, this guy. <laughs> alright, Ivis. Have a safe flight, man. I'll talk to you later. Alright, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Ivis and I will be back again later this week previewing MLS Week 12. What last thing? Last thing. Oh, thank geez. you. To, no, I got to say this. Thank you to all of you who, who who submitted iTunes reviews. We had a fresh batch of iTunes reviews uh, come in, and they were very generous, complimentary, and 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 thank you very much. We need. They came at a perfect time because you know we were all down in the dumps after after the uh, debacle of episode 140. So it was great to hear so so much positive feedback, and also for all the folks that I I, I uh, ran into and that I met at PPL Park. Uh, you know, it's great meeting all of you guys and, and thank you for this continued support. It makes this worthwhile. It makes it, it's why we do it. Uh, and, and it definitely, it means a lot. So thanks for that support. I concur with what Ivis said. Ivis, have a safe flight, man. Talk to you later. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is the SBI Show.